Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, he is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more, so definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all of our links at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Join in on Facebook. Join in on Twitter. Join in on Instagram. Join in on Podchaser or wherever you are listening to this podcast from. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPH. Kicking off the show, let us talk about a return and a closing of a show, per se. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's exactly the right wording, but this Sunday on AMC... The Walking Dead franchise returns mm-hmm. and debuts. Yep. So, Pad, you want to break that down a little bit? Yeah. So, of course, uh, returning this Sunday, uh, check your local listings for the time in your area, uh, is the return for season 10, I believe, of uh, Walking Dead, the proper show, the prime show, I guess you could say, uh, where they will have their, and if if you could, well, we, this was a video, you'd see me using air quotes here, mm-hmm. uh, their season, quote unquote, finale. Uh, of course, we know this isn't the actual season finale per se. Uh, we are getting six, I believe, additional episodes coming in early 2021. Correct. Uh, but then also after The Walking Dead is uh, episode has aired, instead of having your normal Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick and whoever he has on the episode, uh, we are getting uh, episode one, the first episode of the spinoff show, uh, World Beyond. Yeah, The Walking Dead, unfortunately, due to the COVID situation, had to shut down production, so they never had the final debut mm-hmm. of the season finale yep. in April. The last time we have seen Daryl and Company was April 5th of this year. Okay. So now we are having the return, and as Pat alluded to, there are more episodes coming. Yep. At the beginning, we're assuming they haven't announced an official date yet, but Safe Money would say. No, early. yeah, some point early, early next year, and, and we do know they are filming. Uh, Norman Reedus did do an interview uh, just a couple days ago where he talked about how they're doing filming in the current pandemic. Uh, he said, "Quote: We have all these protocols now. We have to take COVID tests three times a week." The epidemiologist from the Pentagon during the SARS scare is on our set is our our onset doctor now mm. there's a whole thing going on over here so uh, he says quote the episodes are all designed to be filmed safely during this pandemic that we're in uh, this is according to executive producer and showrunner Angela Kang uh, there's sort of an anthology anthological feel to some of them they're really deep dives into our characters which i hope people enjoy close quote so they they are taking precautions they are following the necessary steps uh didn't know that they have the epiderm epidemiologist from the pentagon during the sars scare as their onset doctor now that's kind of bonkers. Yeah, that's, that's kind of bonkers that's crazy bonkers but they are taking the steps they are filming so we will see those episodes hopefully soon yeah i gotta imagine we'll probably see them around february that would be yeah. my early guess because that's what time they usually come back with their mid-season super bowl sunday yeah well I, <laughs> that'd be ballsy I, that would be ballsy especially for the show at its current state i would say this during its height of popularity if they did I would almost argue it. I'm so, well, I'm saying almost. I'm saying after the Super Bowl's over. Oh yeah, week after Super Bowl, I think they're coming. I don't think they want any part of Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody wants any part of Super Bowl Sunday. Sorry, no. It's, it, even if there's no fans in the stadium, it's still the biggest sporting event in the world. Also, I think a lot of networks that night are usually showing whatever movies they have licensed to show. Exactly. So that all being said, 
we know that we're going to finally close out the Whisperer saga mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yep. Now, to give you a quick recap of where we've been, Pad. Yeah. So, of course, this is the Whisper Saga. Uh, last year, see, well, in the, this I want to say last year because it feels like last year. Yeah. Uh, in the episodes leading up to this, it has been kind of you know the group, I guess you could say, in Alexandria Hilltop, uh, in Oceanside. Uh, going up against the Whispers, who have taken a no-holds-barred approach to really holding them under their thumb. You never know who they are because they dress as Whispers. They, mm. they wear, or not Whispers, uh, Walkers. Yep. They wear the skin, you know, they cut the skin off of zombies and, and wear it and kind of slink along like they do in the show, and they make noises like they do in the show. So that's kind of supposed to be the terrifying part of them is that if there's a group, a horde around you, you don't know how many are actual zombies and how many are actual people. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've been dealing with that. You also were dealing with Alpha and kind of her psychotic, you know, reign of terror on the group uh she died during the season yeah spoiler alert yeah you know beta took over yeah i would have to say this season has been carried by the villains yes and you you can't take it away from them no samantha morton playing alpha has been phenomenal as the completely off kilter (laughs) alpha she makes negan look sane yeah she definitely she's definitely the closest to a completely insane antagonist that they've had Mm -hmm. and then trust me that is saying a lot looking back at the lineage of the show yeah and she's been balanced out by the phenomenal ryan hurst as beta Mm -hmm. who has definitely been the mvp of the season yeah that his character portrayal of the number two in the whisper regime yep has been nothing but fantastic it's been must watch he has definitely elevated that role because you'd figure when they finally decided to follow the comics and kill Alpha off, mm-hmm. Beta would need to step up, and you'd have to see somebody charismatic really carry that. Yeah. And even in his quiet charisma, Hurst has been able to do that flawlessly. Right, and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan is absolutely one of, if not the most charismatic people on that show. Oh, yeah. He can't be in every scene. Right. The, he has to be spaced out, and especially yeah. it's been the argument I've had for years that the group is too big because you, yeah. you lose characters in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they've been very smart about how they pace Negan this year. Yes. That they haven't really forced him on screen a lot. Because they very easily, with the popularity of not only the character but Jeffrey Dean Morgan himself, mm-hmm. they very easily could have just you know shoehorned him into every episode in as many scenes as they could yeah but they didn't they used him sparingly they used him you know where it mattered to the story and when it happened in the comic but they they didn't exactly force him down our throats no they didn't i think that's been the smart move of them too because it's really shifted the focus onto daryl played by norman reedus Mm -hmm. and to take him into the lead role over andrew lincoln who has left the show to do the mystery movie that we've only heard a little bit about. We've yeah, seen. Well, they're working on it. I mean, they've, uh, uh, the folks working on it, including Robert Kirkman, have talked about it. That like they're writing it, and the pandemic has given them more time to work on it. But obviously, because of the pandemic, they haven't started filming it yet. Right, but just how mysterious that movie is. Because sure. we haven't heard anything, really. True. Just it's been very radio silent on that front. Andrew Lincoln has been very good about not leaking anything out. Yeah. And to whenever that's going to make its way to the airwaves, we'll just have to wait and see. But they're also dealing with a lot more transitions to deny Guerrera has left the show. Mm-hmm. And obviously losing a character such as Michonne has been a definite weakness for the show. Yeah, yeah but we saw that coming. But we all saw that coming, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's been documented on the show that there were rumors for a couple of years, especially given the success of uh, her acting career, and especially with uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. and how well that movie did that we figured, uh, oh, this is going to open up more roles for her and, and more opportunities for her so that she's going to have less time to do Walking Dead. 
Right, and that's the one thing when the show takes off that their stars break out and to do different things. Yeah, the fact that you've had a character, uh, an actor such as Reedus, who has stayed with them since day one, mm-hmm. and he's had plenty of offers to leave, oh, yeah. is a true testament of how com- how committed he is to the show. Yeah, and Melissa McBride is in the same uh, you know, vein too. Yeah, with Carol, because yeah. she's definitely had some chances to go, but she stayed with them. Yeah, in fact, we even talked about on a previous episode that they're now going to have their own spinoff show, yep. which I still have issues with. Not that they they're getting one, but why would you tip that off before your your season finale this year yeah. and the little one once you go into next year? Because no matter what situation you put them in now, you know they survive. Well, you know they survive. You don't know if they lose a limb or not. Well, still, I mean, but they're, it's not the same as dying. But yeah, but it's the same you know bit of drama, so to speak, is gone because the one thing The Walking Dead in its heyday mm-hmm. was known for is they weren't afraid to kill major characters off. They weren't afraid to go the extra mile, no matter how much the fan base would react. Yeah. Albeit, though, and we've said this time and time again, when Negan debuted and killed Abraham and Glenn, that is when everything shifted, in my opinion. Yeah. That the mainstream fans got a dose of the comic. Yeah. And they did they, not it was, like it. It was the Walking Dead's uh, red wedding moment. Exactly. You know, if you look up the reaction videos, and I highly recommend you do, they're always fun to watch. Oh, they're incredible. They're fun to watch, If you, especially like the red wedding uh, from Game of Thrones. You can tell who are people who are fans of the books and have read the books and people who are have just heard about it through, you know, friends and family and started watching it because there are, you know, people who you watch their reactions to the Red Wedding and they go, oh, my God, yes, the, you know, it's finally happening. And then you have the people who are just like sitting back there, hands covering their face going, oh, my God, what the hell? Right. So with that all being said, this has just been a complete where are we going to go with this? Yeah. And especially the the writers have been very careful about not ticking off the mainstream fans. Right. They've dabbled a little bit with the comic and where the storylines have gone out sure. over, since that point. But the main vein is they're really trying to walk a fine line. Sure. And that's where I'm kind of getting with that. So sure. this season has been definitely a follow in that direction. I think it's worked in some areas, and I think it's definitely hurt in a lot of areas, too, mm-hmm. especially when they did their mid-season return on February yeah, yeah. when everybody was in the cave and they're trapped and yeah. everybody gets out basically unscathed. Scott free. Yeah. There, this, there was one moment where we thought a character did make it out, but then they come out not even a scratch on them. They're like, oh, hey, I'm just dusty. Yeah, so, I mean, when this kind of nonsense happens, this really hurts for where The Walking Dead is. Right. And the kind of speed up to now we're at the season finale. The season finale was always known in the past of being a big deal. Mm -hmm. But where we are right now, we're dealing with a new character joining. Yes, uh, uh, Princess is what she's calling herself. Yes. Uh, She was introduced in the last episode, and she calls, and they say, why Princess? Uh, And she said, uh, well, because Queen makes me sound kind of old. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little fun plan, where it's Paolo Lazaro is -hmm. playing Princess. And to see when she made a debut, it was almost like the same vein of Abraham. Kind of, yeah. It came in. uh, Also reminded me a little bit of uh, Michonne. Yeah, a little bit, too. I mean, she came in with uh, guns blazing, literally. M60, yeah, which, oof, yo. Uh, If you want to talk about overkill in a zombie apocalypse, that's up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there, too, because they're going to need that with where we saw Beta and company now attacking. Because, obviously, with the loss of Alpha, Beta has gone completely off the rails. Yeah, he, uh, much like Randy Orton, he hears voices in his head. Yeah, which, like I say, it's a true testament how Hearst is playing the character. Oh, it's great. Oh, my God. It's it's scene-stealing. Mm-hmm. So to see where he is now, and now he's leading the army. You can only call it an army. I don't even think army is the right word. It's it's just this massive force to where, you know, the group, I guess you could say, uh, are holed up in the hospital, I believe, is where it is. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'll be honest, you know, 
we saw in the last episode, if you remember, if not, I, I recommend, I'm imagining they'll show the last episode before the new uh, season finale I agree airs. Too. Yep. Definitely give it a watch because, Christ, it's been five months since it aired. Uh, you know, but we see him leading that there. You know, they the, the other whispers say, oh, you're the new alpha. You're, we f- we'll, we'll follow you. Mm-hmm. I don't think they understand what they're going to do fully because I get the feeling that he, he doesn't. He's at that point where he's just mentally he's gone. He's hearing voices. He's hell bent to his own ends. I think he's fully walking in there with the knowledge that I'm about to die and I don't give a you know what. Oh, he's completely on a suicide mission. Yeah, and 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 the other whispers. Yeah, we'll follow you. Yeah, you know you're our leader. Do you really understand what you're walking into? Yeah, this moment is very cult like. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. that was my takeaway when yes. I, when I did the rewatch on this. That he is just leading them in. He's still wearing the skin of Alpha on his Which mask. Which is weird. It's weird, but comics. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. like I agree with you. Yeah. But it shows how mentally damaged he is right yeah. now. And the only thing he can think about is killing Daryl and killing the rest of them who took Alpha away from him. Yeah, and that's one thing that like I loved the kind of look back episode they did where they kind of gave Alpha's backstory. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best episodes they've ever done in my opinion. It was a great look back and I and it's just for the character because she's crazier than any or she was crazier than any villain we've ever seen and, mm-hmm. and Beta even more so. I don't know if they'll do it. I would love to and maybe in one of these six episodes that are coming after the season finale, do a backstory on that guy. Well, I know when they talked about doing the spinoff anthology show. Yeah. I think that might be a perfect place that'd for be it. A, that'd be a good one. They could also do, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, there's those book series on The Governor. Yeah. Do uh, do adaptations of those. Some of those are those are great books. Well, I think you might start seeing that because, obviously, I know we're getting a little off track for a sec, but with the announcements of doing the separate shows, yeah. you're kind of tipping your hat of where you're going with the shows. Sure. With the main show. Sure. And, obviously, going into your season finale, I hate hearing that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Because once, like I said, you take away the situation with Daryl and Carol, so they're off the table. I mean, the we in- know they're not going to die, but like I said, we don't know if they're going to lose a limit. I, I think it'd be a very interesting thing, maybe not this season finale, but this series finale. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say, for instance, uh, Daryl loses his uh, dominant arm, whatever arm he uses to pull the trigger with on his crossbow. All of a sudden, he's got to try and shoot a, a bow with a, the, an arm that he's never shot it with before, because I'm not imagining Daryl's ambidextrous. It's going to be interesting. That had, that had a whole twist of things. It's going to be interesting how however they're going to do it because with the season finale and the stakes being this high that if they want to try explaining some stories that they won't have time to with this, yeah. the anthology story will be great. But for the season finale, as we are seeing that the whisper army mm-hmm. is attacking the tower, the hospital, everybody's trapped in. You're yep. seeing the other groups splintered off. Daryl and his camp are trying to run in to make the save late. Yeah. You're also seeing Eugene and company that's with princess now bicycling in to save the day. Yeah, which, they're on their wheels. They're on the wheels. It's, I got wheels. You have to see the episode. I truly appreciate it if you haven't already. And But they need to have some major ramifications. Like, mm-hmm. they need to have some characters being killed off. Yeah. I To match up the Walking Dead standards, Yeah, and I know it's been a while since they've done this, but they really got to ex- really have something that explains the gravity of the situation. Yeah. I, you, I, I just, if you haven't seen the first look thing, that's if you on mm-hmm. YouTube, you look it up. Just as many walkers that are outside that hospital, I cannot imagine that we won't have a major character. Obviously, some minor side characters will die. That's yeah. to be expected. But I can't imagine we'll get through this and every single main character will be hunky-dory. But see, that's the fear I have. Yeah. That they're going to do something like that to play it too safe because they're too worried about 
how the fan base is going to react. But at this stage, though, I feel like though there are some main characters that you can do that and be and get away with. Well, you have to. You know, uh, Gabriel's one. Yeah, Gabriel's I, even money. He's Gabriel's gone. even money. Uh, what's the other guy? Metal arm, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron, I think you can do. You know, there, there's also some people that are not back yet with Daryl's group and Eugene's group that you know I think can very easily be killed off, and you won't have the same visceral reaction that you did when they killed off uh, Glenn. But the one area, though, if they do that, is are you going to play it too safe? Like, this is the fine line they have to walk. Sure. But I think for the story, they got to go completely big. And you know what? You have one season left anyway. Yeah, why not? Go crazy with this. Like, I would say Gabriel, especially since they did the look ahead with him, mm-hmm. and he gave his uh, motivational speech yeah. about how everybody's coming together and you yeah. see the, the different camps now arriving to save the day. Yeah. I think he's even money. He's gone. Yeah, I th- I th- if I were a betting man, you know, if we were doing the sports show, you know, I think he's a lock. Oh, he's definitely a lock. Your leap, I will say, will be Eugene. Yeah, no, Eugene would be interesting just from a he's always kind of been that outsider that kind of, you know, guy, you know, in high school who you, people know him, people talk to him, but they don't exactly associate with the guy. Mm-hmm. I still think him dying would have a major effect on the group, especially since he's like their head builder. Yeah, they're going to have to do something, especially to balance this out, because if this goes through another scenario where beta and everybody's killed off, the group survives why the mm-hmm. hype up then? Because I know they only have an hour to work with. So yeah. this isn't going to be like one of their longer season finales. Right. But they have to get a lot done in an hour. The showrunners have been talking about there's a lot of twists and turns to set up for the next six episodes. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a limited amount of time to do this. So this has to be nonstop, pedal to the metal. Yeah. And you have to really move this story along. Yeah. To end it in 60 minutes is tough. Like, I yeah. I think they have a really big challenge on their hand. Yeah. But I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I actually have some renewed interest about this, especially its new content. Yes. That I think for everybody that's been clamoring for something new, if you have been watching The Walking Dead in a while, mm-hmm. this might be a time to jump back on. Yeah. And to see the temp in the room, so to speak, because whatever falls out from this, we know we're getting six more episodes beginning yep. the next year. Yep. Then they're going to go into final year. Yep. And then after that, you get your spinoff show, you get your anthology show. Yep. And then whatever happens with Fear of Walking Dead. Fear is going into season six. I want to say Fear might go two more seasons. Yeah, I don't see it going much longer either. Yeah. Even though it has drastically improved. I yeah. will say I will say that. But for what we're going to get on Sunday, I think the even bet is it has to deliver. Mm-hmm. It can't falter. It can't be like the midseason premiere. Right. You need to have some big, big moments happen. If you don't, it's going to be a failure. Yep. Top to bottom. Yep. And especially if you want your fans to stay tuned for what you have coming in next. Mm-hmm. And that is the spinoff show, the third in the franchise, The World Beyond. Yep. Now, we have talked about this on the show a few times because the trailers that we've seen prior, Pat, how would you describe them? Confusing. Yeah. It, it hard, it's hard to tell, like, especially when it's a new show or a spinoff show, you definitely want to put something out that not only entices old fans to watch the new stuff entices new fans to watch this stuff you know so that being said it's it's kind of been confusing and, and hard to get gauge what and at least initially what the hell this show even is yeah it's definitely a little puzzling the closest we can find is it is set 10 years mm-hmm. after the initial outbreak of the show yep 
So where we're sitting in the reports I've read is they say it's set in Nebraska. Well, well, yeah, set in Nebraska. And I'm reading off an article on Forbes.com, which says, I'm not quote, I'm not sure if we have an official timeline somewhere, but we can pretty much break it down like this. Uh, About three years pass from the start of the apocalypse to Rick's disappearance, judging by the age of Judith. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there is a six year time jump. uh, And then about a year passes between the time jump and the end of season 10. We see the seasons change. So that being said, time and Walking Dead is real confusing. Yeah, it's a, it's almost as weird as the DC Comics timeline. It, it used to be so easy to keep track of, just because the season finale would always conveniently conveniently start right as winter was about to set in, yeah. and, and then come back and oh hey it's warm again. Yeah, it made a lot more sense. But now they're doing a lot of jumping around. Especially they sped up the t- timeline on Fear the Walking Dead mm-hmm. to now it's present time. Yeah, this is going to be set present time per se but 10 yeah. years after the apocalypse and from what we saw on the trailer the latest trailer for the season mm-hmm. uh i really don't know what i think about this yeah I mean, it, it's got me interested and intrigued from the aspect of it's you know it's it's a it's set like ken said it's set in a, a set community in nebraska uh you know in a group of teenagers who live there you know we see kids going to school and and living what appears to be a normal life despite the fact there are uh dead folks trying to kill you on the outside of the walls you know and then we see a certain symbol tied to a certain group that took a certain character away yeah we see a little hint to the rick grimes story Mm -hmm. which it's the three circles on yeah, the side of the helicopter yeah. there. Yeah, so uh, according to, again, reading from the Forbes.com article, uh, quote, this community is aligned with the Civil Republic Military, or CRM, which is almost certainly the same group that took Rick seven years earlier. Uh, one of the leaders of the group, Lieutenant Colonel Elizabeth uh Q Black, played by Julia Ormond, is visiting when the show kicks off, along with some heavily armed troops. Yeah, and as we see that this is the closest we're getting to a normal society in the mm-hmm. walking dead scenario that yeah. you're seeing everybody going to school you're seeing it narrated a lot by iris who's played by alia royale yep and you're getting the backstory of this is a kid growing up in the zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and doesn't really give up too much you sense that she, as she's talking with uh other characters uh one being uh hope yeah which i believe might be her sister maybe played by alex alexa mansoor yep that they're looking for her father, that something's going on, yeah. and they're setting on a journey to go track him down, and they're drinking along a few other characters. Right, and there's one line in the trailer where they, I think they say this cross-country trip. So something tells me they're not staying in Nebraska. They're going either direction, east or west. Yeah. Hard to say. It, it's hard to say, but like I said, they're dragging along some other people. You see the character of Felix, who's played by Nico Torella, mm-hmm. and you're seeing Elton, who is played by Nicholas Cantu. Mm-hmm. Uh, is pretty much that's going to be the big four of the group. Yeah. And as you see, they're traveling, and they're going through what almost seems – it almost seems like an energy drink commercial. Maybe. Like a little bit. You're seeing a lot of bright colors explode. Yeah. And yeah. as they're going through, it looks like appears like a junkyard or school or um, like a bus garage. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. You're seeing a lot of metal and you're seeing yeah. like a lot of bright flaring yeah. action going on. Yeah. That you really don't have any idea what's going on. And then you do see somebody at the end that appears to have some uh, swords. Yeah. Type. Yeah. Uh, and she's just kind of standing there clouded. We, we're not sure who that character is. No. But they don't give enough away that you're going, hmm. Right, they're they're tipping their hand and go, oh, X, Y, and Z are going to happen. Yeah. So, like I said, it, whatever they're planning on doing, mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the hook and tie for this show, if the story ends up being good, is going to be you know the the military group, you know, the, with the three circles on the on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is the same related to the same crew that took Rick 
and Lord knows I would imagine so. Something, yeah. something tells me they just they don't have that on the side of their helicopter for fun and decoration. This might be where we start getting some Easter eggs or some seeds planted for where Rick is and what's going on. Yeah. So there seems like this is just going to be a setup show for Rick's thing. Could be. Which, I mean, I'm okay with because yeah. we, we've already heard this is only going two seasons. Yeah, I say it even says that in the trailer that was put out, you know, a two-season limited event. Yeah, which... You almost have to wonder why. Yeah. Why would you announce that if you're not planning on going full term with it? And especially if the show took off, like hypothetically yeah. saying yeah. this becomes the hottest thing on TV. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap them two years. Well, maybe it's just a two years, take some time off and come back to it later. I'd be all right with that. You know, have a series of shows that like switch on and on. kind of like the rotating cast of Justice League members or Avengers members, mm. where it's not always the same five, six, however many people. It kind of rotates in and out. Do that with the shows. You know, have a couple seasons of show A. The, and show A, B, and C, but then you, you rotate show A out for show D and, and so on and so forth. I, I think that keeps things fresh. They're going to have to do something because the early indication I'm getting from this is, like, I'm going to give it a shot. But oh, I, I am too. But I'm not, like, really amped up about this. Right. That it just looks too, I don't know, teenage-ish. Yeah. Like, it just seems like Riverdale meets the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And without, like, the edge of the walking dead like it, mm-hmm. it's just like okay we're going to travel like what's what's the stakes here why am i gonna get invested in this right and especially because how the franchise has been on the decline i mean let's face it i yeah. know they're announcing a ton of new projects but right at this stage you're not the number one show on tv you're still doing good in the ratings oh, yeah. so you're trying to spin this on to something else but if you're announcing this is going to be a, a two-year event mm-hmm and you're really not showing a lot to really excite. Like, I, I, like if they had a cameo with Daryl in there or something. That'd be nuts. Like, to do something like that. That'd be cool. It'd be very cool to see. But we didn't get that from this, so we're jumping in a little blind on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that they really need to sustain a good audience if this is going to pan out. Like mm-hmm. I say, it's debuting now on October 4th. Yep. By the end of October, we should get a temp in the room of how the show is doing. Right. Well, and there's not many episodes. It appears that the uh, show's first season is only 10 episodes long. Correct. So they don't have a lot of time to work with, and they're going to have to move the story along. Which is fine. Again, you know, I'm not opposed to shorter seasons. It just leaves time for less filler. Yeah, and I agree. And as long as they're delivering on it, go right ahead. But I really got to be sold on this because yeah. just for seeing how kids are growing up in the zombie apocalypse, we've been here. We've done that. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it already a little bit with Judith and Carl. Like, right. So what are you going to be doing to reinvent the wheel? I'm not really seeing it here. I want to. Like, sure. You know, I, I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm just not really holding my breath on this one. No. But we're going to have to kind of wait to see on Sunday. So, Pad, final thoughts on The Walking Dead Sunday here. Super excited uh, for Walking Dead to come back this Sunday. Interested to see what we get from uh, World Beyond. Side note, I am interested what they're going to because I do have the all the seasons thus far of Walking Dead on Blu-ray. Really interested how they're going to do this with the Blu-ray release for season 10. Are you going to include the six episodes for this on that Blu-ray or are you going to give it something separate? Just curious. I imagine they're going to do something separate. Probably. I would think they want to get the first one out as quick as possible. Yeah. Especially for Christmas time. Oh, good point. And then they'll release the second one over summer. Good point because that's like the one show I have all the seasons of uh, physically. Yeah. No, for what The Walking Dead has done, I mean, the the benchmark is still there. The hardcore fans like Pat and myself are still going to watch. The mainstream fans have been tuned off for a little bit. But I think during this COVID era, they're going to be very excited to come back and have some original content on TV. Mm-hmm. That you're seeing this with a lot of other shows that are debuting. 
But for fans of The Walking Dead who maybe have been turned off, they're going to kind of see, okay, well, how's this show been? And especially with Lauren Cohen returning as Maggie, that's already been spoiled. Right. That you might get a quick boost in the ratings, which I think for The Walking Dead they're going to need. Mm-hmm. And especially to sustain some momentum going into 2021. Right. If they're relying on World Beyond to do this, I don't know if they're really ha- having all their bets on the table here. Yeah. I think that World Beyond could be a hit. It could be a sleeper hit. But as we've seen with their other spinoff show, Fear of the Walking Dead, it didn't exactly turn the world on fire no. when it debuted. It was met with a lot of mixed reviews. I will be the first one to say I got tuned off. I, I, I struggled with season one, and season two I gave up halfway. Yeah, so did I. It gave me a while to come back to it. But for World Beyond, they don't have that window of opportunity, like Pat touched upon. Mm-hmm. They have a two-season, ten-episode run Yep, for each one. Yep. You got to move quickly. You got to sustain an audience, and you got to build these characters up where it gets to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Is that enough time? Maybe. Are they going to have to move quick? Absolutely. Uh-huh. And do I think this is a setup stone for the Rick Grimes movie? Absolutely. I think there'll be some tie-in. Maybe we'll see him at the end of season one. Maybe. Who knows? They're going to need to do something, but we'll just have to wait and see and find out. As we talked about, The Walking Dead returns to AMC this Sunday, 9 p.m. in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. So depending on where you are watching around the world, make sure you tune in and hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Walking Dead Sunday, are you excited or are you not? Let's have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Well, hello there. I'm Brian Wayne, host of the Cheers to Comics podcast, and I'm here to bring you the ultimate comic book podcast for readers and lovers and collectors of all levels. Whether you're trying to get caught up on last week's books or you're just looking to check out the latest interview with the latest creator, this is the podcast for you. So if you're looking for a comic book show that doesn't stray away from the topic and you're looking to get an insight from a true fan and lover of this industry then tune into the cheers to comics podcast three times a week as i brian wayne raise a glass to this wonderful wonderful industry that is comics cheers this is rich the host of the three fat nerds podcast and co-host of the horror zone 607 podcast and you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers the ocho duro parlay hour now kick it back over to ken Moneybags and the crew Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and we have some breaking MCU news. Yes, there's some major news, uh, specifically for Disney Plus. Huge news, but you, some things we were waiting on, but this one definitely caught us off guard. Yeah. Was not expecting this, but Pad, break it down for us. Yeah, so the first one uh, came down just a couple of days ago, back on Friday, so after we had already recorded last uh, episode. But this one was an exclusive from Variety, uh, which the headline I'm going to read from, uh, and the headline reads, Samuel L. Jackson to play Nick Fury in new Marvel Disney Plus series. Exclusive. Let's go. Uh, so this article written by Joe Otterson uh, reads, quote, Samuel L. Jackson is set to reprise the role of Nick Fury in a new Marvel series currently in development at Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. The exact plot details of the show are being kept under wraps, but multiple sources say Jackson is attached to star with Kyle Bradstreet attached to write and executive produce. Like all other Marvel shows at Disney+, Plus, Marvel Studios will produce. Uh, reps for Jackson, 
Bradstreet, and Disney did not immediately respond to Variety's request for comics, or for, excuse me, for comment. Uh, Jackson famously portrayed Fury, the monocle, I don't even know how to say that word, head of the clandestine government agency S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <coughs> excuse me, going back to the post credit scene in the first Iron Man film in 2008, he has appeared in multiple films within the MCU since, most recently portraying Fury in Spider-Man Far From Home, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. He also played the character in two episodes of the ABC series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so, the huge news, we are getting a Nick Fury TV show. How you feeling about that? Real good. That should be amazing. Uh, I need more uh, Nick Fury, Sam Jackson in my life, uh, and looks like we're going to get it. I'm super excited about this. Yeah. Was not expecting it. Uh, happily surprised. But the more I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. we did talk on a previous episode about a few new properties that would be coming to Disney Plus, we were assuming. One of which was Secret Warriors. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with that, that is a Jonathan Hickman story about how Nick Fury has a sleeper team of agents. It's very well done. They did kind of walk around this in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. I don't think it definitely portrayed the storyline to a T, but I think that they're going to try retelling it now in the MCU since Kevin Feige is overseeing everything. And who better to introduce it than Nick Fury? Yeah. So I'm super excited about this. I'm wondering if now are they going to be tying this in possibly with Sword? I think it's going to be a Sword show. You think? Uh, yeah. Just given the fact that we've seen Sword set up, I feel like you're not just setting that up for something small. You got to be. It's got to have some big role down the line to be featured in a post-credit scene, which is arguably one of the most important parts of a Marvel film these days. True. You know, and, and I feel like you don't, it's not big enough to do a full-fledged movie about it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like with Young Avengers. Writings on the wall in clear, bright red paint were Disney set, and Marvel setting up for a Young Avengers series. Right. You know, you got your head buried in the sand if you, if you see otherwise. You know, while Sword will eventually be a big part of the MCU, I don't think it's big enough yet. And it's not necessarily warranting a film yet, mm. which is where I think doing a Disney Plus series to kind of set it up, get the ball rolling, you know, get the wheels moving as it's as they say, and, and go from there. It would be interesting to see if this is going to be a sword show. I think this might spin off into something, but for Nick Fury, who is not really super tied to sword, mm-hmm. albeit though Captain Marvel ending kind of said a little differently. Yeah. It'll be an interesting play if they decide to go that route. I think sword is going to be involved in some way. But sure. I am not doubting, though, if they try doing a spin on Secret Warriors because of how it ties into with a little bit of Secret Invasion. I know mm-hmm. that that is the heavy rumor that's coming around. Obviously, we know scrolls are involved in the MCU. Right. This has been well established since Captain Marvel. Yep. To see how this all plays out, I am just curious, one, if they're going to do the Secret Warriors storyline, and two, are we going to see any of our favorite agents crossing over? Maybe. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, but we do know that Daisy Johnson, a.k.a. Quake, was a member of that Secret Warriors team. Mm -hmm. We do know Chloe Bennett wants to come back and play Quake on a new show. Mm -hmm. She's been very vocal about this if the role happens to come up. Yeah. We do know that Clark Gregg, your director, my director, the director, Mm -hmm. is always down to play Coulson. Yeah. We have not seen Phil Coulson come back since, well, Captain Marvel doesn't count because that was a prequel. Prequel. But we haven't seen him return since the Avengers movie. He's got to show up and, and tell the crew he's alive. Yeah. The, the, God almighty, that needs to happen. Like, as much as it broke their hearts that he, quote, unquote, died, they don't know he's alive yet. Yeah, because he wanted to tell everybody. Well, yeah. he's kind of gone through some changes. Now, yeah, just a few. It all depends if Marvel, as in Marvel now, is going to acknowledge what has happened on Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. with him. Well, if Daisy Johnson shows up and 
it has her powers, that's just going to piss off the people who like to say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't canon. Oh, I know. And that's what I said. Like, I think they have to acknowledge that as much as they don't want to, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of canon. Yeah. You have to admit that. Yeah. There's no way, especially after that season or series finale, mm-hmm. you can't say otherwise. Yeah, and I think if they bring Coulson into this show, or even just for maybe a, a cameo appearance, you know, a couple episodes, I think they'll acknowledge some of it. They'll, mm-hmm. There's just some aspects and some stories that they just might conveniently leave off to the side and not mention because it's not worth mentioning. Yeah, they're going to have to do something because with Nick Fury coming back in, Samuel L. Jackson reprising the role, mm-hmm. we don't know if it's going to go any more episodes than the original season that's going to come out. Hard to say. We don't even know if it's going to be his show. We just know that he is reprising his role to come aboard a new project. Mm-hmm. So... The sky is almost the limit of where yeah. they want to go. Yeah, I mean, they could just do a whole Nick Fury agent of Shield. Moment, That'd be awesome. Which I, I'm That'd completely be awesome. down for. Yeah. yeah, give him a solo pro- uh, project. I'll to say do. Yeah, it could even be a look back at some of you know the time in between Captain Marvel and then pre- uh, I guess 2008 uh, Iron Man uh, storyline because Christ knows the de aging special effects are real good these days. I'd love to see that. To be honest with you, I want to see something different. Unless they're going to follow something of the storyline for sure for, for Trail. Sure. Because you know me, I like to stick to my comics. And I like sure. to make sure that they're following the comic storylines. And especially if they're going to do Secret Warriors. Like, you know me, I'm a big Hickman fan, so uh-huh. I like reading that stuff. So I want to see what they're going to play around with this. And yeah. especially now that we know the MCU is going to have their next big bad in Kang the Conqueror. That's uh-huh. already been announced for casting. We do know that Secret Invasion is supposed to be involved at some point, too. And that's Maybe. a separate storyline. But it's been heavily rumored, obviously, Captain Marvel is tied in with the Kree Scroll War and uh-huh. how they're going to try doing Secret Invasion, possibly there as a sequel. So, where Nick Fury lands now in the MCU, that's the big question because we really don't know where he fits in the equation right no. now. No. Because last time we saw him, he was at Tony Stark's funeral. Tony Stark's funeral, and before that was what? Um, Christ, I can't. I want to say whatever movie had the scene where he was in the kitchen talking to them. Was that the only one prior? Because he didn't sh- he didn't show up in an Endgame outside of Tony's funeral. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up in Infinity War. Infinity War he just came in the end because that's where he, he got snapped. And he dropped came the in beeper. the end. He got snapped and dropped a beeper. Prior to that, Spider Man stuff. Yep. Um, but then the last proper what was probably Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah I think, that maybe. Thing. It's been so long since we've seen uh, Nick Fury in the MCU prior to Endgame. That it's kind of up in the air where he's been. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are some storylines they can tell if they really want to go like an anthology type with the show, like do yeah. a call of Marvel Comics Presents and put him in somewhere yeah. that makes sense. But to see him reprise the role, I think, is big. I mean, it's huge news, especially for Disney Plus, which the fan base is waiting for the shows. Right. And how they're stacking the deck is really going to be something fun to watch. All right, I looked it up on his IMDb page. Uh, Age of Ultron Okay, was the one prior. It was the one prior. Yeah. Then, yeah, and then he was just in the cameo for uh, Winter yeah. Soldier, and then he's out the door. Well, he was in the he was in, he was in the cameo for no, because Winter Soldier was before uh, Age of Ultron. Oh, you're uh, right. And but no, yeah. So after that, the next one is an uncredited appearance in Infinity War. Yep. So all that being said, Nick Fury returning to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus has got another hit show. It's looming on its hands. I mean, the fan base is already excited. Yeah. And then as we went to record today. Mm-hmm. Big, big casting news announced. Yeah. You got that all set up, Pat? Yeah, so uh, we got the news that the Ms. Marvel has been cast, uh, as Con- and Iman Vellani is uh, going to play the MCU's Kamala Khan. 
Huge news. Now, if you're not familiar with Marvel Comics, Miss Marvel has been one of their most popular characters over recent years. Mm -hmm, Especially with the video game. Yes, if you have played Marvel's Avengers by Square Enix, she is all over that video game. Uh Uh-huh. And like I said, she's up there with Miles Morales for being one of the most powerful characters, or popular characters in in the MCU. Yep. Obviously tied in with the Inhumans for her origin, and she is basically a very good-hearted superhero mm-hmm. that emulates Captain Marvel, and, and that's why she has the moniker. Yep. Kamala Khan is going to be awesome on, oh, on the Oh, that's going to be screen. great. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how they're going to do yeah. her on the screen, and then you never know what other characters she's going to be involved in. Do I think she's going to be involved in the Young Avengers? I was hit up about that on social media. I don't think so. No. I would be very surprised. I don't think it's out of the realm of thought, though. I, I think if she hadn't been as featured as she is in the Avengers video game, Yes, I'd say she she'd be going to the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. But given the fact she's gotten, you know, because prior to this, she hasn't really registered on my radar just because she never, you know, to my limited knowledge, she never appeared on Avengers. At least not that I knew. I'm sure she probably did, but just for what hit my radar, never really hit my radar. I knew she was a thing. But given the high, you know, high status she's been given because of this a, a video video game, and she obviously had high status before, mm-hmm. but just kind of with her status elevated even further with this video game, and as much as it's been sold and played. You know, there's no way they're putting her to Young Avengers. I think she'll eventually end up with the with the Avengers proper when they reunite. Yeah, she'll definitely be in there somewhere. I mean, we do know that she's been on the Champions, but that's almost been like their Marvel's version of Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. But to see Kamala Khan, the first Muslim character in the MCU, come on screen, yeah. and or should I say, the first Muslim superhero on, on yep. screen? Yep. To see her come on there, and like I say, if you if you haven't watched or read any of her books, they're they're great. Uh-huh. That she's very much just a happy-go-lucky teen that loves the Avengers. She does a lot of fan fiction writing for them. I mean, they even touch upon that in the video game. Yeah, and to see like she gets her powers from the Terrigen Mist, and so she is an Inhuman. Now they're not going to be going near the Inhumans storyline from the MCU. Hell no, they aren't. They're going to avoid that like the plague. The only thing you're going to know about her is she gets her powers from Terrigen Mist. And she is allowed to, I reading the article from IGN, polymorph mm-hmm. all of her parts of her body. So yep. she can stretch. She can she can do a lot of different things. And like I said, she's a fun character to write because so they might even be able to work it in from Agents of Shield. Uh yeah. Because what is it? They worked in the. Uh, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Peter Parker showed mm-hmm. up. Was was the kid that. Uh, Iron Man lands in front of her, whatever it is, in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Like, they retcon that into being a thing. I can very easily see them saying, oh, yeah, no, she got her powers from, you know, one of some, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wouldn't doubt them mentioning the Terrigen Mist. I don't think they're going to go into full detail. No. I think they'll throw it out there because I think at some point... They'll mention it, and you might see kind of like a quasi-flashback. Like, you won't see a full, full-fledged... full you know, clear, crystal clear look at what happened, but it'll kind of be one of those uh, images a little foggy, but you kind of get the, you get the details. Yeah, you definitely will. So I'm excited to see how she's going to be portrayed on screen. I'm really amped up about this series. Yeah. Like I'm really excited because she is one of the next generation heroes from Marvel comics, like Mm -hmm. Miles Morales that you're going to see all over the place in the next generations coming in the MCU. So I cannot wait to see how this her the show takes off and where it goes where it's gonna go. Yeah. And especially to see how much she's had a high profile mm-hmm. in the MCU. And it's not forced either. No. Like that's the one thing too, that she is just a character that is very organic and she wins fans over. I mean, just how she's been written. I mean she's like an ultimate fangirl. Mm-hmm. But how she is just somebody with the superheroes and how she just really takes up the you know lineage of Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and really wants to be a superhero and really step up there 
I think is just a really cool thing that I think is going to win a lot of people over. I, yeah. I fully think this is going to definitely stand out on Disney Plus. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and then whatever they want to do, if they want to tire in with the Young Avengers, I don't think they should. No. But I think that they could definitely set up some some things for down the road because with Miles Morales not being technically with the MCU, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of hard to bring him in per yeah. se. But depending on what the deal has worked out with Sony and Marvel, and I don't know the schematics of that. No, I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody does either. But if they wanted to try going that route, they possibly could. Yeah. Because obviously the champions, if they want to stick to the most recent run, that's Amadeus Cho as the Kid Hulk. Okay. The the Kid Nova, yep. um, Sam Humphreys, I believe, and Vision's daughter. Okay. So if they want to try following in that footsteps, they could probably do that. I just don't know how that's going to come across. Or Sam Alexander, I'm sorry. That's the Nova, not Sam Humphreys. But either way, <coughs> they got a bright future going on with yeah. with Miss Marvel. This has been one of the most anticipated castings that we've had. Yeah, and, and I know some people are kind of figuring they, they'd announce this in New York Comic Con. I, I feel like this was something that you'd, I'd heard rumblings, and, and not that I'd heard names, but just there were enough rumblings online of some big Marvel casting news coming up that it's just, to me, it read like, all right, this isn't one that they can sit on for another week or two for New York Comic Con virtual. That just, all right, we got to get this out now because it's going to leak soon. I'm going to give you a bold prediction. Okay. There are three shows that were announced around the same time for Disney+. Plus. Okay. She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight. Okay. She-Hulk was cast. Miss Marvel cast, or last week. Mm-hmm. Miss Marvel was cast this week. Yeah. Next week is New York Comic Con. Yeah. I am unofficially guessing we are going to hear the announcement of Keanu Reeves announced as Moon Knight at New York Comic Con. That'd be big. Because Marvel loves to go big at New York Comic Con. If you have listened to past coverage on the ODPH, you know that they like going big. What bigger way to win New York Comic Con and especially bring some attention to an event that has been always gracious to them mm-hmm. than drop that bombshell? And I'll even give you the casting because I know it's been rumored about Keanu Reeves wants to come to the MCU. Well, it's not even a rumor. Play. It's well known that they want him in the worst way possible. It's just right. finding the right role and finding something when he's not busy. Right. So if they have it lined up for Moon Knight, which I have to imagine now if they're doing all these castings, the writing's on the wall. Like I say, they did She-Hulk last week. Mm-hmm. And now this week we have Miss Marvel. Yeah. It only makes sense to do it in threes. So that all being said, I'm banking that we're going to hear that announcement. I'm going to throw it out there that I think it is Keanu because what other way would you shut down New York Comic Con, even virtually, mm-hmm. than dropping that bombshell and especially all eyes on pop culture are going to be tuning in to Metaverse this weekend only next weekend. Th- only thing I see an issue with that is I'm looking at a Keanu Reeves' IMDb page. Uh, it lists him currently filming The Matrix 4, uh, mm-hmm. which I, we know. It lists uh, three movies in pre-production. Uh, two of which being John Wick, uh, one Chapter 4, one Chapter 5, and then another movie called Rally Car being in pre-production. So, dude's a little busy. He's a little busy, but it's not all the realm of thought. I mean, if they just announced the casting, they don't have to announce anything else from Moon Knight right now. True. And I'm sure if they want him bad enough and Keanu wants to play that role, which I tell you what, that'd be an absolutely wild thing to see him do. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel would say, okay, whenever you can fit in, we'll film it, we'll go, and you're going to be that character and let it roll. Yeah. And I fully think we're going to hear that next week. I fully do. 
But for this week, though, we got a new Miss Marvel in the MCU. I'm excited to hear it. We got a new returning Nick Fury mm-hmm. to the MCU. Disney Plus is stacking the deck right now. Just and we're, stuff's got to start coming out. It's got to start coming out. So that's why I say we're not expecting too much happening in 2020 yep. unless something crazy happens. Yep. 2021 is going to be the most bananas year. Well, we do, we do know that uh, WandaVision is coming out November 27th. Right, but after that. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, they could throw another curveball. I mean, yeah, and, and I know some people, up. and I know some people are going to say, "Well, they haven't announced the release date yet." Listen, people have dug into the code, the HTML code for Disney Plus, and uh, the pl- there's some code in there that initially had no release date. And mm-hmm. then if you actually go to the WandaVision page on uh, Disney Plus, it's changed from coming whatever the hell it said to coming soon. And the and in the actual code on the website, the date is November twenty seventh, twenty twenty. November 27th, 2020. Is mm-hmm. that Thanksgiving? Uh, I believe that is the same week. No, it's the day after Thanksgiving. It's so it's Black Friday. It's Black Friday. Okay. I had to settle this argument with Drake. Well, that was an argument with Drake. Drake called Thanksgiving. I said Black Friday. So that being said, fully bank on that, dropping in November 2020, and then 2021, we're going to start seeing a lot of the MCU if everything is up and running. We'll fingers say hopefully. Crossed, fingers crossed. It's, you got to look optimistically at this point. Mm-hmm that the MCU is going to return in a very, very big way. Yeah. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about the casting of Miss Marvel? What is your thoughts about Nick Fury returning to the MCU on a Disney Plus show? We need to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Chris. And Lance. Asking you to check out our new podcast, Comic Book Keepers. Join us as we delve deep into comic lore to uncover the history behind a wide variety of comic book characters. Each episode will feature one hero, villain, team, or ensemble, and break down what makes these heroes super. We'll give you recommendations on what storylines to read. Explain how characters were created. Discuss adaptations, costumes, and answer comic fandom's what-if questions. Yeah, and spoiler alert, these conversations can get pretty nerdy. This is Comic Book Keepers. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with the monster. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, Pat, kick us off with those one shots. Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, first was a first one came as a bit of a surprise. Uh, Ken, how much of the movie Avatar do you remember? I remember it being so visually impressive. Uh-huh. Like storyline wise, it was okay. Like I I wasn't mad. I've seen it. Like yeah. I I felt I've seen the movie before. But I'm yeah. not meaning that in a negative sense. Sure, it just is what it is. But I just sure. remember like that was the renaissance of the 3D era. Uh-huh. Other than that, nothing. Yeah, so uh, I remember it because I went to see it on uh, New New Year's Eve, the year it came out, which was, I believe, 2008, 2009, whenever the hell it was. I was dating someone at the time and went to see it and and never, I don't remember much of seeing uh, ads or trailers for it and being all, oh, I got to see this, got to see this, got to see this. But just by that point, the buzz was there. People was all anyone was talking about. Mm. So the girl I was dating at the time, I, you know, I said my parents weren't and family wasn't doing anything. So I told her, I'm like, Hey, why don't we go see a movie? Why don't we go see avatar? It's everyone's talking about it. Sure. So we went and everyone's raving about the 3d. So why don't we shovel out the extra, whatever it was, five, 10 bucks. I forget how much to see it in 3d. 
Uh, I, I remember, like you, I remember the, I unfortunately stupidly thought, oh, I won't need to buy tickets ahead of time. It's been out for three, two, three weeks. Nobody will be seeing it at this point. Had to sit front row. Uh, so oh, no. Yeah, so front row for a 3D movie is god oh, fucking so awful. Sorry. It's god fucking awful. Um, but I remember, like you, the, the visuals being very breathtaking, especially the floating mountain scene. Well, the story is a little basic. It's Pocahontas in space. Yeah. But, you know, for and, and, and let's not forget, if for a time until Avengers Endgame beat it, it was the highest grossing film of all time. But largely its impact on film, I feel, has not left a whole lot. Well, you have to remember a couple things. This is 2009. I checked up. Okay. At this time, we hadn't seen 3D come back. Sure. So when James Cameron sure. is attached to a project, and mm-hmm. this, I mean, you talk about Terminator, you talk yeah. about Titanic. Yeah. You throw the name James Cameron around, this is going to mean something. Uh-huh. So when he started talking about how he had this visionary epic, every all eyes turned on. Because sure. Because obviously, if you've ever seen Terminator 2, Judgment Day, at that time, and even, like, I think there's still parts of it that hold up to this day. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary. Okay. You mean that's when you saw the liquid CGI? Yeah, and yeah. So, obviously, you knew with Avatar, that's how yeah. you're going to get. I just remember, like I say, this thing just being the most visually beautiful thing I've seen because the detail it went in for the special effects in 3D just mm-hmm. were like, holy sugar cookies, man. This yeah. blowing my mind. But, yeah, after that, I mean, it wasn't exactly a franchise I thought we would see a sequel for or, no, or anything yeah. like that. I thought it'd be one and done. Well, and it's and it's been one of those things, that, you know, Avatar 2, Christ, they've had, they announced Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, I want to say, years and years and years ago. Yeah, rumored, yeah. You know, around, around the time, shortly after, you know, Avatar broke the record and, you know, reigning by the box office and this and that. You know, I myself, I've not seen it in probably 10 years. You know, I got a, I got a copy from walmart for christmas one year that had because uh mom couldn't find the blu-ray anywhere Mm -hmm. it was one of the hardest items to find at the time but she did give me a dvd copy that has the theatrical cut the extended cut and then the director's cut on it Mm -hmm. i've seen it once okay you know since i got it you know but we did find out uh just in the last week from james cameron himself that surprise surprise avatar 2 is done filming Really? Yeah. So uh, this was uh, via an interview with Arn- uh, reading from an article on IGN. Uh, quote, as reported by Cinema Blend via an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger during the 2020 Austrian World Summit, Cameron provided fans an update on the status of the upcoming films, uh, saying, quote, the day we deliver Avatar 2, we'll just start working on finishing Avatar 3. Mm-hmm. So where we are right now, I'm down in New Zealand shooting. We're shooting the remainder of the live action. We've got about 10% left to go. We're 100% complete on Avatar 2, and we're sort of 95% complete on Avatar 3. Close quote. So holy shit, he's about to finish two movies at once. It's Cameron, so I'm not doubting it. No. And I say what you will about the movies. I'm going to go see it. I'll see it, but it's got to deliver big because... In my personal opinion, will people go see it? Yes, but you have missed the boat on releasing these sequels. Oh, I fully agree For with you. For whatever reason, God, I hope there's a book or a documentary made about the production of this film because if he'd have made this film eight years ago, mm-hmm. nine years ago, that movie would have broke its own record, you know, its prequels, previous ones record for highest grossing film of all time. My opinion, the ship has sailed and it'll do, it'll do good at the films, at this uh, box office. It won't do near what it could have done. Yes and no. Okay. I do agree with you. I think that they definitely missed an opportunity to do it years ago. But what I think is the only possible redeeming factor is mm-hmm. Cameron always comes back with something big and That's something true. we haven't seen before. That's so true. 
if he does, and, but granted, like unless it's like virtual 3D, which I, I like, I don't even want to wrap my head around because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Skynet's taking over, folks. It's going <laughs> to happen. I don't see how it's going to deliver on that level. But right now. he's going to come back with some kind of new visual thing that every single director in Hollywood is going to try to yeah. steal in. So that'll be the only saving grace because with Cameron, he's known to be inventive. Yeah. That's the only thing that this is going to warrant. Like I said, I'll go see it Yeah, when it comes out. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, first in line. No. No, but I've got to see something in that trailer that's going to wow me. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'll still go, but I'm going to just go with lower expectations. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see, though. But it's smart he's doing them back-to-back. Yeah, no, very smart. Uh, moving on to some video game news. Tokyo Game Show took place uh, over the weekend or last week. Uh, not too much coming out of note, but most noteworthy, I would say, was we got the first gameplay for the upcoming new Zelda game, uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, I'm not too familiar with you know the Zelda franchise. I've, I've seen people play Breath of the Wild. It looks incredible. It does look like this one is going to take place before the last game, Breath of the Wild, so you're going to get an insight into how things got the way they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did give a, believe it's a, about a 13 minutes of gameplay, which is the first okay. gameplay you've seen in the game. So if you're a Nintendo fan or a Zelda fan, you got to be real amped for that. Yeah, you got to be super excited about yeah. that. Uh, moving on to some uh, television news. Uh, we got an, uh, some casting for uh, the upcoming season of Batwoman. Okay, talk to me. Yeah, so uh, a gentleman has been cast as Victor Zaz, uh, reading from comicbook.com. says, quote, yet another popular Gotham City villain is making their way to the CW in the second season of Batwoman. This time, it's the assassin Victor Zaz, who's set to debut in the Arrowverse, played by an actor who has already appeared in the realm of DC television. Okay. Uh, According... According to EW Entertainment Weekly, Alex Morph has been tapped to guest star as Victor Zaz in season two of Batwoman. The official description of his take on the character says he's, quote, a charismatic, skilled hitman with high, unpredictable energy. He proudly carves tally marks onto his skin for every victim he kills. Uh, Morph played a gang leader named Sykes in the final season of Gotham. Okay. Uh, the series had its own version of Victor Zaz, played by Emmy-nominated no- Emmy actor Anthony Kerrigan. Uh, Zaz was played by Chris Messina in this year's Birds of Prey. So it looks like we're going to be getting uh, Zaz. I'm excited to see that. I think that's a perfect villain for Batwoman. Yeah. I think that there's some potential to have him go crazy on screen. So. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it, man. It's good for good yeah. for the show. I think it's a big feather in their cap. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some surprising TV series news. Uh, it was announced that Netflix is devel- developing a live-action Conan the Barbarian TV series. Really? Yeah. So, again, reading from comicbook.com, it says, quote, Conan the Barbarian is making a long-awaited return to the screen, and the beloved hero is going to be heading to the halls of Netflix for his big comeback. According to a new report from Deadline, Netflix is developing a live-action TV series featuring Conan the Barbarian, though no other details about the project are known at this time. Netflix will now begin the search for a writer slash showrunner and directors for the new series. So that was definitely out of left field. I know Arnold's talked about doing a sequel for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the franchises has been talked about forever. Like mm-hmm. with Amazon, I think it was you know, was I thought it was going to have actually something pulled off because right. they've been on a real renaissance lately. But to see that this is going to Netflix, I mean, that's huge for them. Mm-hmm. And where they go, I mean, you can't sleep on Netflix shows. That's a big feather in their cap. No, that's huge. That's no. a huge move. And and obviously the comics are very popular. You know, I think they're being per, uh, published by Marvel. Oh, yeah, they're Marvel. Yeah, Marvel I mean, these they, days. They're featuring Conan. I know he was in the Savage Avengers, which just mm-hmm. looked like, seriously, it needed to be directed by Michael Bay. 
Yeah. That's that's the only way you can describe that team. That team is just like everybody blows everything up and kills everybody. Yeah. So he definitely got a big reintroduction. The books are selling very well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and the character's got a long history on both the big screen and small screen. Uh, most people obviously think of Conan Arnold Schwarzenegger. He played him in the 1982 feature film Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in the sequel Conan the Destroyer in 1984. Uh, after that, it was the, the the character was developed into two animated series, uh, followed by the live action Conan the Adventure in 1997. Uh, the latest iteration uh, came in 2011 when Jason Momoa uh, played the title hero. Uh, the film was basically a flop at the box office. It earned uh, just over $63 million around the world, and that was very short of its $90 million production budget. Yeah, I mean, Conan, when he's done right, is very well. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when everybody tries forcing a movie on it, mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know how it pans out. Like, yeah. it's just so hit or miss. But right now, the character is on fire. Like I said, since Marvel took over the books, they've been doing a great job pushing the character. Mm-hmm. Got him back into the limelight. Like, no, is he appearing in the MCU? No, I'm going to already put right. that out right now. So we, right. don't, we don't need that to happen. And, and wherever they decide to go from there mm-hmm. is going to be anybody's guess. So, yeah. like I say, there are potential for him to really take a, take a good run now, mm-hmm. especially because, like I said, when the books have been done, they've been done very well. Like I said, yeah. the, there is a fan base for Conan books. Mm-hmm. So if it translates to Netflix, it's a big win for them. So yeah, can't wait to see yeah. it. Yeah, and then this last one, I think we're gonna we got together. Uh, Disney Plus released the first look for an upcoming Marvel show. Yes, this looks freaking fantastic. Uh huh. Dre tweeted this out. Shout out to Dre. And Pat and I have just watched the trailer, and mm-hmm. this thing looks phenomenal. I would say Marvel, not just Marvel, but Disney's behind the scenes stuff on Disney Plus is quickly becoming some of my favorite content. Absolutely, on the platform. It's insane. Uh, so the one they unveiled is uh, Sick Marvel's 616. Uh, so again, reading from comicbook.com. Uh, almost a year after the series was announced for the Disney Plus streaming service, the official key art and trailer for Marvel's 616 has been revealed. When the series was first announced, it was built as a series designed to explore the intersection between the Marvel Universe and our own world, which is clear from both the trailer and the full list of episodes, titles, and or episode titles and directors. Unlike many of the higher profile releases on Disney Plus, Marvel's 616 will go for the binge model when it's released debuting all eight episodes at once the series Mm. will premiere on disney plus uh on friday november 20th uh so you can go to youtube and check out the trailer for yourself i highly recommend it uh doing so but the the list of episode titles are as and directors are as follows uh japanese spider-man directed by dave gelb Yes, that japanese spider-man wow if you watch the trailer they discuss that the japanese spider-man show they go there. Uh, yeah, that show you you have to see to believe. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I'm just gonna leave that one alone. Uh, then you've got a, you've <laughs> got an episode titled "Higher, Further, Faster," directed by Jillian Jacobs. Uh, Amazing Artisans, directed by Clay Jeter. Lost and Found, directed by Paul Shear. Suit Up, directed by Andrew Rossi. Unboxed, directed by Sarah Ramos. The Marvel Method, directed by Brian Oaks, and Marvel Spotlight, directed by Allison Brie. This all looks phenomenal. Like uh-huh. I say, the behind-the-scenes stuff, and especially celebrating the fandom that is Marvel. Mm-hmm. And, and like I say, this is looks just so well done. Mm-hmm. And just showing everything from the cosplay to there is some pieces from New York Comic Con. Yeah. Which I want to see if we're in it. If we are, you know I'm going to be hyping that thing up like nobody's business. Yep. But... I want to really enjoy like being a Marvel fan and watching this, and you're gonna see the behind the scenes and how everybody takes it down from from the artists to the directions mm-hmm. to the, everything about this just yeah. looks so damn good. Yeah, I'm sold. Like I know November 20th it drops. Yep, 
all eight episodes at once, so they're not doing the weekly release like they normally do. They're doing the binge model. Well, they're probably clearing out everything before WandaVision drops. True. That is my guess because True. I know they want no confliction. They don't. When trust me, when Mar- when WandaVision drops, nothing new is going to come out for a while. True. Like Mandalorian will be wrapped up because they do not want to completely crash their service. So for Marvel to drop off this, I think is a smart thing yeah. to do. And like I say, whenever you can get the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and they've been so like you touched upon, they've been so spot on with that too. Yeah. To get all that information, get the background of just why you you fall in love with Marvel characters, and even especially like I love the the little cosplay stuff they were doing. Mm-hmm. I know we're not doing Cosmober this year on the show, but to see that and see the fans' reactions, yeah, man, sign me up. I'm gonna be here all day for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, all day. Mm-hmm. So for my one shots, I gotta flip it to DC. I gotta keep okay. it. I gotta keep it universal for everybody. Sure. There was some casting news announced. Okay. That definitely I'm excited to hear about. Aldous Hodge uh-huh. is playing the role of Hawkman. Ooh, interesting. So we can kind of deep dive into that a little bit. So we are getting more members involved with the JSA uh, project that's going on with Black Adam. We saw Ooh. Dwayne Johnson was welcoming him into the franchise. Yeah. So where does this go from here? I'm excited to see where we're doing here. I tell you what I loved about the announcement. Uh, Dwayne Johnson posting about the text message or phone conversation he had with the actor. Because he called, he went to call him personally and said, hey, it's Dwayne Johnson. And the, and he thought he was getting pranked. Like, he was ready to hang up on him. Mm-hmm. and the, But he didn't. He stuck it through. And he set his phone down, went away from his phone a little bit, and Dwayne could hear him screaming in the background. Yeah. It was absolutely hysterical to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I am just completely enamored about this project yeah the fact we're getting this black adam is one of my favorite dc villains of all time yeah and to see that we're finally getting the movie Dwayne johnson's getting behind this 100 percent and mm-hmm. getting more people amped up about this yeah sign me up man i'm super excited about this and for hawkman too yeah very polarizing if you can keep a franchise going but, yeah but this could spin out to his own uh movies could uh, be. it could go could especially be. with jsa because JSA is in a little bit of renaissance right now. So that, I think, is going to be a huge feather in their cap. And I think that to get the JSA rolling like they've done on Stargirl, it's going to be a completely day and night difference. Mm-hmm. No, Hawkman is not scheduled as of right now to be on JSA. I don't think that would work right now. No. Because um, Hawkman does have some uh, Wolverine tendencies, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't think the CW would truly appreciate no, that. No. Just kind of saying, putting that out there. but Christ almighty, no. Oh, that could get absolutely freaking wild. So... I am excited to see where this plays out. Going to get a little more information probably next week. I, we make it maybe, maybe another casting because I know we haven't heard too much about what DC has planned for New York Comic Con. They're going to have something. Yeah, is is a, yeah, just a matter. Say, what. They're always there. I mean, in years past, it's been whatever film is next up in the docket with uh, all the costumes there. You know, so DC always has a presence there. Yeah, so we're definitely going to have to deep dive into that next week. But I'm excited about that casting, and we're going to take it to the comic shops right okay. now. Now, you know we give our breakdown each week, and definitely you should listen to podcasts like Cheers to Comics and Wednesday Pull List and Ghost of the Stratosphere and Comic Book Keepers. The list goes on and on. If you want to find out more, definitely hit me up on OD Parlay Hour. I will send you a list. You will definitely not be disappointed. But this week at the comic stores, I got you know obviously give my shout-outs for Marvel. So Avengers 36 is dropping. So with the crazy storyline they got going on with Moon Knight right now, if you haven't read that, you need to check it out. Shang-Chi has a number one edition coming out. So they're starting, to, sort of starting that up. So if you want to get a little jump started about what you're expecting to see in the movies, you'll see that. Uh-huh. And then we flip it to DC. And the book that's standing out to me is Batman Three Jokers number two. Yeah. Now... I'm going to try keeping this spoiler free. Okay. But know how I said, I'm going to try. 
So I'll give you fair warning right now. I might slip up. It might get animated about this. So in case I give you any spoilers, you've been warned in three, two, one. Pad, uh-huh. what the hell is going on in this book? Uh, let me just read the description off of DCComics.com. Uh, it reads, quote, as Batman and Batgirl follow an unexpected thread linking the three Jokers with someone from the Dark Knight's past, Red Hood dives headfirst into trouble and finds himself struggling to stay afloat without the aid of his allies. Batman Three Batman Three Jokers continues its trajectory as the ultimate examination of the Joker and his never-ending conflict with Batman. Prepare yourselves for the second chapter of one of the most terrifying and personal mysteries Batman has ever faced. Okay, so that being said, this story is going some places. I am really not sure where we're going to get for an endgame. I'll say, I'll say you already didn't know where they were going to go for an endgame. This just took it further away from figuring it out. Well, between the alleged romance between two characters, uh-huh. which I'm going to ch- just chalk that up to two people are hurt and they're finding each other at this moment. That's it. Could be. I'm not deep diving into it anymore. I like I like I do not. It just doesn't like I understand why it's doing for the storyline. I'm just I'm hoping it's just a one and done thing because it just. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's not two characters I could see, you know, moving forward. But, you know, if they want to go that route, sure. You know, there'll be some interesting stories. Yeah, definitely. Especially if he, uh, another member of the Bat family finds out. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how to go there. But what really threw me off is the focus on one of Batman's oldest enemies. Dare we say his original enemy mm-hmm. and how the jokers are connecting him connecting what they're doing with red hood Uh and it's like to my knowledge said villain was long gone from the dcu yeah and if i'm trying to do my math when you see said villain's family Uh um they look very much younger Uh than i think where he would be at the said timeline yeah so what exactly is going on here? I don't know, but yeah. I will say this: if they are adding some kind of big conspiracy theorem mm-hmm. to the death of the Wayne family, mm-hmm. I think it's a bad play. I am not a fan of that. Okay, do we really need to make this a big conspiracy to what is just? one of the more simpler storytelling moments in all of DC comics. It's simple, but I can see it, you know, just from the, the kind of the where Gotham was at that point in time when the Waynes were killed and just how, you know, from any iteration and any telling you see of that origin story, Gotham's in a real fucking rough place. It's, oh. it's in a terrible, I can see, you know, some sort of, you know, other methods behind it than just simply, Oh, a guy walked up and just killed him. I can, I can see that. Like, do I think it needs to get more complicated than that? No. But if you just keep it as simple as, oh, there were other reasons behind it. I'm like, okay. Well, I just, my fear is they're going to say the Joker's been around for centuries. Mm. And, but now you're saying there's three. Well, you need to explain how we got to three. You still haven't really done that. So yeah. obviously you got one more issue coming out that you're going to need to. But the fact that you're trying to basically build a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. of how Batman came to be. Yeah. I just feel like it's not organic. Well, you got to wait till the end. I know I got to wait till the end, but I'm so like confused at how this is paced and just where we're going with this. Because anytime you want to touch an iconic origin of a character, (coughs) and let's face it, 
Batman's is pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. Event happens, vengeance, trains, comes back and kicks everybody's ass. It is, it's simple. With a couple scars along the way. Yeah. So we don't need to add this like extra element. Like I understand when they did Court of Owls, that made sense. Yeah. But Court of Owls was, not, or unless what they're going to take responsibility for this, like it just seems to me like they're overdoing the story a bit, in my opinion, uh-huh. that they don't need to. Unless, like I say, if they come back issue three and they have a completely blowaway moment, and I'm like, mind is like, yo, I'm wrong. I'll I'll be the first one to admit it. But as I'm reading, I'm like, okay. I think we're trying to force too much into this mm-hmm. to really do like a big moment. When are we going to get this? And like I'm, I'm, I'm like at this point too. I'm really worried we're gonna have like some kind of crazy swerve. Yeah, that like Alfred was behind it. <laughs> like as I, as screwed up as it That'd is, I, I, I'm, I don't think so. I'm not throwing it out. I'm not throwing that idea out of the Romathon. I'm throwing it out. I'm just saying, as how this story has been paced, it's possible. Anything is possible. So that being said, pick up the issue. Hit me up on hashtag ODPH. We can talk about this. I got to talk to Brian from Cheers of Comics about this. I know we've been kind of having a little back and forth about this. I need to kind of have a deep dive and like really hammer this out. Because yeah. when, when issue three comes out, I got to be completely blown away by this. Like, Because yeah. I'm just, to me, like it's been an interesting story. But when you try topping the killing joke and, uh-huh. and that, I just don't think it's hitting the mark. Like, it's been good, but it's not been, like, great, yeah. in my opinion. But so much of the stuff you need to go to the comic book shops for, you can definitely hit, check out, go support them right now because it would be an amazing thing to do. Yeah. So that all being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. Now, Pad, why is Shout at the Robots so important this week? Uh, they got a little show going on this weekend, I heard. Yes, that is right. Happening on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast this Saturday. DMG-a-thon, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tom from <laughs> Off the Cuff Gaming kicks off. He is doing something on that show. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to leak it out yet. But after him, you got Crazy Curtis Gaming going on, which, by the way, he is still called out Coach Duffy. Uh-oh. And then you have Horizon 607 doing, like, an all-day thing going on. Plus, there's going to be doing some other gaming going on. Pat and I are going to be down there 6 mm-hmm. o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to be doing something. We are not leaking that out just yet. Nope. Rich doesn't even know from 3FN. He's going to find out Saturday, though, and so will you if you tune in. But 8 o'clock, Shout of the Robots is going to be taking the stage at DMG. Is the first time they've been playing since COVID shut down. Yep. They are in a very isolated area, so they could not be safer playing, and they are going to definitely completely kick ass there. It's going to be an amazing thing. And there's going to be a donation button on the Twitch screen as well. So any money raised is going to Dragon Master Games, which is the home of our Twitch streaming service. Uh, we always are filming down there. It's also the home of A122 Productions, Rich Ron, hashtag Big Natty Cool. Mm-hmm. Always are doing their shows down there. Horizon 607 is doing it. And when COVID happened, they did not get any relief. Uh, so we are just trying to do something to help uh, say thank you to them for housing us and trying to do what we can to help raise some money. Uh, any other money, like I know half of it goes to DMG and whoever's on the screen is going to donate half the money elsewhere. So nobody is taking a dime. Nobody is. When Shout takes the stage at 8 o'clock, all the money that is donated then is going straight to them. So they're basically going to get paid because uh, that's pretty much how they do their uh, business normally. So 
if we can kind of help them out because they always are hooking us up with music, we try doing that. So twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. I cannot say it enough. Drop that follow as soon as you hear this. It just takes a click of a button. That's all you got to do. You just got to hit that heart and boom, you cannot miss any minute of the content. And like I said, we got a live ODPH going down on Saturday as well. So you want to stay tuned for that. But you can also check out the other music that you hear on the show, such as Fair City Fire, Floodlands, Second Suitor, and all the great other bands that you hear on the ODPH network. You can also check out the directory, which has Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who Pat is still not accepting his apology for Ratchet and Clank. No, you hear the silence right now. Pat is being stone-faced about this. He's actually just sat on the microphone. He is not even looking. You can also hear about what is going on with Excite Wrestling, which they have some news that I think is going to drop any day now. You can also find organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter and voter registration. And you can also check out all the amazing pod groups that we are in because today, Pad, what is today? Uh, I don't know. It is International Podcast Day. Oh, okay. So all around the world, you are encouraged to check out all the podcasts you can handle. And I always scream, support independent podcasts. Because we do this for little to no money, uh-huh. and it is always our pleasure to entertain you each and every week. And we just say thank you enough for tuning into the ODPH, you know, along with all the other great friends that we have in this podcasting community. So we definitely encourage you to go to the Podchaser groups of Pod Nation, the Legion and Independent Podcast, Six Oh Seven Podcast, the Apocalypse. And Alternate Reality Radio. All of them have got amazing podcasts on there that you need to go check, subscribe, download, sign up for a Patreon if you really are impressed with them. I am a Patreon subscriber to a few podcasts because they kick that much ass. And there is so much more going on at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. You just need to head on over and find out for yourself. That's all I got for this week. So for the one only, Paddle 1J. 126 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku or Amazon Fire. I'm your host, Ken M., Happy two-year anniversary of the Cheers of Comics podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you Saturday for twitch.tv slash 67 podcast and 8122 Productions. See you next time. (laughs) 